Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Star Wars 7x7 episode 3016. The Axe Forgets is episode 5 of the Andor series. It's pretty much what we expected it to be. It is very much a setup series for all the action that's going to happen in episode 6, but there's still a lot of interesting stuff that happens in this one, so let's talk about it. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So as we've done with previous breakdown episodes, this is going to be done in the form of seven takeaways from the episode. No flashbacks this time, so instead we'll have a look at the different storylines that are being developed and talk about them in individual breakdown moments and then we'll cover the main one with a few different takeaways. For our first takeaway, we'll look at a storyline that just gets the barest development, but at least a little bit of forward motion. It has to do with Ferrix. We don't see any of our players on Ferrix, but we do see that the Empire is establishing their foothold there, and they are throwing out people at a hotel so that way they can establish their own headquarters there. We haven't seen Deidre Miro at Ferrix just yet, so that's something that, interestingly enough, seems like, as they've shown it to us in the trailers and teasers, maybe happening a lot later in the series than we usually have happened to us when they show us teasers and trailers, right? But we do get a scene of her working on her gut instinct that something is happening and that, as her assistant says, you know, it's too random to be random with all the things that have gone missing, whether it's stuff from Kessel or or Fondor, they mentioned targeting consoles from Jakku, nice little nod there. Also, proton warheads from Cage Bay, or Beige K, I think it is. And then the Star Path unit from Steerguard. Miro says that if I was trying to avoid detection and not make it look like there was a pattern that people could identify, this is how I would do it, which is what's setting off her alarm bells as a former investigator. And then, of course, there's the Steerguard Star Path, and it raises the question as to is this all Cassian Andor's doing? We know that Cassian's connected with the Star Path, and we know that it doesn't have anything to do with Bix, so it's something that he did of his own accord, and not necessarily connected with Luthen either. So is it possible that Cassian's connected to these other thefts as well? Which is a really startling thing to consider, but it also doesn't seem like it could be the case because of where planets are located. We don't necessarily know where Ferrix is, we don't know where Steerguard is, and we don't know where Beige K is, but Kessel is in the outer rim. If you're looking top down at the galaxy, it's in the east. Fondor is in the colonies, so it's much closer to the core, and it is kind of galactic south, along with Jakku, which is outer rim south by the western reaches. This is a long way for him to be going if he's the one who is behind all of these, 
but also it seems like proton warheads like that seems like a bigger kind of job than something he might be pulling off so oh yeah maybe it is in fact the case that it is utterly random and it just so happens that Cassian's theft falls into the pattern and instead somehow it's connected to Mon Mothma or Luthan Rail or the both of them yeah so this opens up some very interesting doors for inquiry and speaking of Mon Mothma, we get two scenes with her. One, a domestic dispute of sorts between Mon and Perrin and their daughter. And kudos to the actors who are playing Mon's husband and daughter. So just, I'm making that clear when I say this. I don't like Mon's daughter and it's just a great performance, but also it just makes me not like Mon's husband Perrin even more because not only is he not supportive of Mon and seeming to undercut her, but also his parenting is not supportive of Mon Mothma's parenting either. Like he is setting mother and daughter up as adversaries instead of standing up for Mon and realizing that he should be, you know, partners with Mon in the parenting instead of him and the daughter going against Mon. So yeah, more reasons why I just don't <laughs> like that guy. And the scene that they have in the limo on the way back from some party that they were having and there are a couple of digs about you know, not knowing what's going on. And no, it's a charitable thing. You wouldn't have been interested in it, you know, and him saying, can you take the expressway home? Like he wants to be out of this car. So definitely things are not good on the home front there. And I put all the blame on Perrin for that because he just seems like an awful human being. And for a fourth takeaway, our one moment with Luthen has to do with him listening to a secret communicator trying to find out what's going on, presumably with the mission that's happening on Aldani. And... Clea coming in saying, yeah, you're not going to hear anything. It's going to be all over this time tomorrow. So just, you know, settle down and go to bed. And we have clients in the morning anyway. And clearly Luthen is invested in the results of this. And you have to wonder if he's invested, not just from the rebellion standpoint, the wanting to put a stick in the eye of the empire, but also considering that in a previous episode, Mon Mothma said that money is getting a little tougher to move around and therefore get to Luthen for his activities. That Luthen is also looking at this as a means of being financially free from Mon Mothma in a good way. I'm mean, not saying anything bad about that. I'm saying that he knows that he's having trouble getting funds from her now, and so he has to figure out how to be able to do this himself if he wants to keep funding these activities that he's clearly so invested in. And I'll also note that in the background with various artifacts stuffed on the shelves where Luthen is standing, not only is there a Jedi holocron sitting next to a Sith holocron on the shelf, but one shelf over to the right from that are what appear to be the Sankara stones from Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, which continues a series of Easter eggs where Star Wars things appear in Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones things appear in Star Wars. Apparently there was a bullwhip frozen in carbonite in the previous episode somewhere inside <laughs> Luthen's museum slash shop. And so now, of course, the, the theorizing and the wondering has to do with, will there be something from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in some sort of Easter egg in the background in the next episode? As for our fifth takeaway, we spend a lot of time with Cassian and the rest of this rebellious gang getting ready to hit the payroll situation. So 
One of the things that happens is that we get a lot about people's motivation for doing what they're doing. So, you know, one person is doing it because he's a true believer in the cause. Another person is doing it because the Empire killed his brother. Uh, another person is doing it who's actually working with the Empire right now. Apparently, he had a girlfriend who was a local and bad things happen as a result of that. And there are interactions that that officer has with a couple of people who you know, talk about the Donnies, who are the people who are native to the planet and how much they smell and being disgusted by them and talking about rounding them up and whatnot in a very, very um, impersonal and dehumanizing way. So yeah, you can tell <laughs> that there's obviously a lot of the typical xenophobia and misogyny and all of that horrible stuff going on with the rank and file of many of the people in the Empire and that, yeah, that's probably alienating some people and pushing some people far enough to consider doing something about it in their own particular ways. And then for a sixth takeaway, we have the confrontation, which is how everybody finds out what Cassian's motivation is for being there. So Skeen manages to you know get a knife on him while he's unaware and pulls the Sky Kyber necklace out and says, this thing should be worth 30000 which of course Luthen said, you know, don't ever sell it for anything less than 50000 ha ha ha. But Cassian also takes advantage of this opportunity to say, not only am I in it for the money, but don't let that make you decide to quit. Specifically what he's saying is that he thinks everybody's afraid of doing the job. There's been too much, you know, sitting around waiting to do it until, you know, here there are at the, here they are at the point where they actually have to do the job and their fear is coming up to them. And Cassian's like, don't use me as an excuse for quitting. If you're afraid, quit for yourself, basically. But it looks like they all commit after all. And certainly we see scenes of what appear to be the break-in <laughs> into this armory in the teaser and the trailer already. So yes, we know it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of how it's gonna happen. And I guess some of the scenes where Cassian is flying the ship, like we actually do get to see Vel in the ship with him. And there's somebody else who I just cannot quite remember from seeing the, you know, the brief TV spot slash social media spot that they put out. So I know at least a couple of people are gonna survive this aside from Cassian, but all the, you know, crazy stuff happening in the sky around it seems to be this business about the eye, this spectacular constellational uh, event, a cosmological event. Uh, you know what I mean. It's happening up in space. <laughs> it's creating this incredible show of excitement and they're going to be escaping through that. So yes, we've already seen some of that getaway scene as well. The last thing I'll share has to do with the episode title, which is The Axe Forgets. So this is something that comes from an African proverb, which is actually fully stated in the episode, The Axe Forgets, But the Tree Remembers. And the concept behind that is that if you cause harm to someone, you take something from someone, you are not necessarily likely to remember the harm that you've caused, but if you're the person who's been harmed or has had something taken away from you, you are likely to remember that harm. And I dare say we're getting to the point in the timeline where it's not just the tree that's remembering, but it's also the whole forest that's been communicating about what's happening to the various trees in their forest. And we're gonna see some of the effects of that starting to unfold 
even into the sixth episode of the Andor series. And so that is where we're going to end this breakdown for the time being. We will dig a little bit deeper into some of the you know political ramifications stuff that we get in the episode tomorrow when we do our deep dive. But for now, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and/or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.